My name is Matt. Great to have you here at Rock Pile Church. If you're here with us or those uh, right over there in the gym, we got people in the gym today? There they are. Like, okay, I, I'm not going to say that you guys need to step it up. Not the gym people. I'm not talking to you, but I hear them through a wall. Now, maybe they're just, maybe they're just getting a little bit more exuberant because they know they got to get through a wall. So let's try this. How are, let's see, you, they got to hear you over there. So how are you guys over here doing today? Not bad. Not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Then we have a lot watching from home. I want to see if I can hear you guys today from your houses. So go ahead and uh, just scare the dog right now. Scare the dog. How are you guys doing if you're watching at home now? It's good to have you guys here, however it is that you are choosing to join us. We know that uh, 2021 started off uh, similar to a lot of 2020. You know, we have a lot of people still obviously uh, in quarantine, a lot of people that need to stay home. And so uh, we are grateful that God allows us this opportunity to worship together in many different ways right now. We are still the church, and we're going to talk about that more, but it is good to have you guys here, however it is that you are joining us this morning. Well, 2020 is gone. It's history. It's over. And, uh, and you know, it did produce a lot of things that we all loathed. I think we can all agree on that. We didn't see a lot of this coming. There are things that we said and did in 2020 that we, we never thought we would. Like seriously, a year ago, I never thought I'd be coordinating masks. I never thought I'd be trying to use it as an accessory. I never thought I'd have to walk back to my car because I forgot one. It's just things that weren't even in my, my thought process happened during 2020. But I will say there were some good things that happened in 2020 as well. There were some things that we could celebrate. You know, there was more family time. I love the fact that we got some more family time in. I love that we had at least some forced slowdown. Some of us needed to slow down a little bit. We, we probably needed, and we needed the Lord to take the opportunity not to away from us so that, uh, so that we could just spend some time with him. And so there was some forced slowdown. And of course, there was also a refining of priorities, including spiritual. I think those were some good things. And I'll tell you, one of the coolest things and best things to come out of 2020 was the memes. Like seriously, okay, look, doctors, nurses, frontline workers, our teachers, you guys were the, were the real heroes of 2020, okay? We can all agree that you guys are awesome. But uh, I want to go ahead and give props to all the meme makers out there for 2020 for keeping us sane. Because in, in a world that was going crazy, in a world, especially on social media, it was nice to see the memes. And I know the meme makers, you had all the time in the world because you were stuck at home anyway with nothing but a computer. But you made for us many memes that kept us laughing. In fact, I saw one the other day that probably one of my favorites that I've seen recently, and I, I clipped out a piece of it for you so that you could check out. Here's what it says. It says, a few years from now, you'll put on an old jacket and find a face mask in the pocket. Man, what a crazy year that was, you'll think, as you grab your machete and venture out into the wasteland, keeping to the shadows to avoid the gangs of mutant cannibals. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, a good, that's a good meme, right? Somebody... Like, I read that to my wife, and she wasn't near. She was like, no, no, I don't, I don't like that at all. And, uh, and maybe I like the dark humor a little bit more than she did. Laughter is good, right? Because we have to laugh. We all wanted it to end, right? That was an ongoing consensus from pretty much everyone on New Year's Eve. They're like, just 2020, just go away and never come back. People wanted it to end. But guys, good news, 2021 is already in some ways starting off better than 2020 did. You need an example? Cats is not currently playing in any movie theater in the United States, unlike a year ago. So we have at least one thing to celebrate right off the bat. So I'm excited for 2021. I'm excited for all that God has for us. But the truth is, we don't know what to expect. We thought we did from 2020. We did. In fact, I, I remember it was great. As we were talking on the staff, we were like, 2020, all the churches were talking about 2020 vision, right? 2020, we're going to get clarity, all these things. And God's like, you have no idea. You have no idea what is coming. 
and uh, all those conferences and plans. It's, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting, right? That's one thing we did learn in 2020 is that we can only plan so much. Take your Bibles out and let's look over at James real quick. We're going to look at James chapter four now. If you don't have a Bible, we've got some more back there under our offering table. Those are for you to keep. We want you to have that. We will have the scriptures up on the screen as well as if you get the Rock Pile app. You can click on Bible right there. All the verses will be laid out for you. But uh, we're going to look in James chapter 4 today because he gives us a little bit of of insight in what it looks like to make plans. All right, verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are but a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Let's pray over God's word today. Let's ask him to speak to us through his word today. God, we worship you. We thank you again for bringing us here together as the church to study your word, to lift up your name, to be sharpened, to grow in you. So today, God, we just open ourselves up to be changed by your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit will speak to us today. God, I pray for myself, Lord. I pray that I speak this in a manner that is beneficial to those who are hearing it, God, that your Holy Spirit will speak in and through me to speak your words and not my own, God. Have your way in the service. Thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so now that 2021 is here, what do we do with it? Are we still doing resolutions? That's still a thing. Like, I see some of you guys already going, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. You fooled me a year ago. I'm not doing it again this year, right? Just going to lay low. Do you think that if you lay low, you can somehow like, is it like tricking fate? I don't know what we're trying to do. Maybe they will know changed. Maybe they won't know I have goals. Maybe it'll let me get away with things. Right, as if there's some, you know, some force out there trying to destroy your resolutions. We we call that ding dongs, right? But uh, for me, at least, anyway, you know. So we are we need to make resolutions. Everyone makes resolutions this time of year because there's that weird, like, magic time between the old year and the new time, new year, where you feel like the slate has been clean, and you're like, I just get a do over. I get a mulligan on life. And so I'm going to set all these resolutions. A resolution basically, as definition, is a firm decision to do or not to do something. Resolutions should be a positive thing. After all, we should always want to improve. We should always want to improve our health, improve our bodies, improve our spiritual life. We should want to set goals that benefit us and benefit those around us. So resolutions in and of themselves are not a bad thing. And this is the, generally the time of year that everybody does it, right? Which I think is a little bit of a misnomer sometimes because we should always be striving to better ourselves. We should always be striving to improve. Now, resolutions don't have to be new either. We can push towards improvement constantly. And some of the same things that we were like, I wanted to do this last year. I tried to do this all through the year before. I'm trying to do it this year. We continue to put things in front of us that are going to make us better and going to help us. A real resolution is something you should stick with and be a part of your your daily diet. How many of you guys have heard Jonathan Edwards? Jonathan Edwards, a, a famous preacher and theologian from the 1700s, he had 70 resolutions that he, that he penned, that he lived by, and that he kept in front of him, that he read every single week after he wrote them of his life, and that he tried to live by 70 resolutions, and I'm going to read every one of them to you right now. No, I'm not. That's, that would take forever. I will read you some examples, though. Would you like some examples? doesn't matter what you say. I'm doing it. All right. Example one, resolved. Now, some of these, by the way, the wording has been streamlined just a little bit uh, so that it's, it's a little bit easier to read for the modern reader because obviously 1700s, they spoke a little bit different. Resolved, I will do whatever I think will be most to God's glory and my own good profit and pleasure for as long as I live. I will do all these things without any consideration of the time they take. To do whatever I understand to be my duty and will provide the most good and benefit 
to mankind in general. Resolve to do this, whatever difficulties I encounter, and no matter how many I experience or how severe they may be. That was the very first on his list. Look at number six, a little shorter. Resolve to live with all my might while I do live. Every week reading that to himself. Number 14, he said, I'm resolved never to do anything out of revenge. Boy, that'd be a great resolution for a lot of people right now. 20, resolved to maintain the wisest and healthiest practices in my eating and drinking. Some of you guys after Christmas are like, I need that one. I do too. 25, resolved to examine carefully and constantly what the one thing in me is that causes me to doubt the love of God, even the least little bit, and then to direct all my forces against it. Can you imagine reading it? Can you imagine looking at that every day? Going, I'm, I'm, I'm making a resolution today to do this. He, he ends it, number 70, let there be something of benevolence or kindness in all that I speak. Pretty good resolutions. And I got to tell you, all 70 of them are powerful. I believe God-given, right? I joke around about the meme makers earlier, but I do worry sometimes that in the future, when they look back at history and they look back at the tough times of different points in history and they look at what the people were experiencing, like they're going to go back, they're like, man, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the 1700s. There was a lot of regime changes. There was craziness in the country. And so they're going to look, well, let's see what people are doing. Like 1722. And they're going to look at number 18. Here's his original language. And Jonathan Edwards says, I resolved to live so at all times as I think is best in my devout frames and when I have clearest notions of things of the gospel and another world. They'd be like, wow, it's powerful. They'd be like, hey, there was a lot going on in 2020. What were they doing? I made dank memes. It's a little bit different. I'm not sure that we're getting overall smarter when I look back at some of the things throughout history. But of course, times change, language changes, needs change, and each year we must really evaluate what resolutions to make and keep throughout that year. I want to actually encourage you to not stop making resolutions. And I've had so many people tell me, I'm not, I'm not doing them this year. And like you guys are like, uh, uh, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. It threw me for a loop. Last year totally messed me up. Well, no, what last year actually did was prove that our plans will still only be our plans, subject to the whims of the times or God's will. James chapter 4, they're told us, he says, we don't know, verse 14, what tomorrow will bring. We saw that. Many of our trips, our cruises, our concerts, our events, all those things, all the, the birthdays, the celebrations, the parties that we had planned even at church and the different events, all those things were subject to what happened in 2020. But James doesn't say, therefore, just don't plan anything. It's pointless. What's going to happen is just going to happen. You can't control it. I'm glad James doesn't say that. Now, I don't think that I'm a control freak, but I don't think that I could handle that. I don't think I could handle just going, you know what? We're not going to make any plans. We're not going to put anything on the calendar. We're not going to prepare for anything. We're just going to let it ride, and we're just going to see what happens. Now, I'm actually jealous of people who sometimes can do that to an extent. There are people out there, and they go, you know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. Whatever's going to happen is just going to happen. Are you like that? Do you know people like that? And they can do that without any care in the world? I found out my wife is a little bit like this on some things. Actually, only one thing. It's bowling. <laughs> we went bowling last week, took the kids up to putters and gutters. I'm excited that we're getting one here in Marble Falls. See, there's things to look forward to here in 2021. And my wife, like, we're, we're, we're bowling out there, and I've bowled with her before, but I guess I never noticed this. She lines it up, and she gets the ball there, and she's looking at it, and she's, I mean, she's squaring up. She goes down, and she rolls it, and the ball will get five feet from her, and she goes, like, picture this is the, down here, the pins. And so she rolls it five feet, and she goes, and she turns and starts walking back. I'm like, aren't, aren't you going to watch and see what the ball does? <laughs> no. It, it, it drives me crazy. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, you're not even going to watch it? Like, no. I've rolled it. I've done all I can do. <laughs> right? Some of us know better. We know that we can, we can will the ball. 
Or we can lean into it like, gutter, right? And so, and you know what's funny? It doesn't even matter how much people are shouting, right? If it's going straight, like even if it was going straight towards the gutter and then turned, now it's going straight towards the middle, and we're like, oh, 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 whoa, 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 this is Sarah. She's like, mm-hmm. Whatever's going to happen, I'll see the score at the end. And I'm like, I, I cannot believe it. It's just so not, it's not the way that I work at all, but she, that's the way she does it. Now, I wish I had that view sometimes. Maybe that's what Jesus is telling us when discussing anxiety, and he tells us, he says, by which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Right? My wife's goal was to knock down the pins. It's not like she didn't try her best. She went out there, and she set her goal, and she said, here's what I'm doing. But once that ball left her hand, she was like, I am out of this at this point, right? At, now it's just going to happen, and so why worry about it? I'll see the score at the very end. Not a bad view, really. Just go, hey, I've done my part. Now it's in the Lord's hands. James doesn't speak against making goals, but he speaks against making goals without taking God and his will in consideration. So look what he actually says here in verse 15. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So that's our goal here on this first Sunday of Rockpile in 2021 to look at God, to look to God and say, Lord, what plans are we to make? And then how do we just line up with your will so we can say, Lord, we're going to do our best to prepare and to plan and then just to be subject to whatever happens under your care and in your sovereignty. Almost every year I start the first Sunday with encouraging you to ask one simple question. And that question, what does God want for me and what does he want me to do this year? So what does God want for you in 2021, and what does he want you to do? It's a very, very simple question, but guys, I got to tell you, I think it's a very important one. I don't think it's actually uh, something we should just be asking on January 1st or in early January or crossing over this this year line. I think it's something that we should constantly in our lives be doing is, God, what do you want for me and what do you want me to be doing? But this does give us an opportunity as we're making resolutions and plans to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? So this morning, I want to talk to you about a few things that God wants from you in 2021. Now, this will actually be a two-week or two-part sermon. There are some things that God wants for us we'll talk about today, and next week we might even get just a little bit more specific. Part of this stems from the fact that one of my goals is taking bites of sermon that will keep you here longer than an hour in 2021. Now, I also resolve to say what the Lord wants me to say. So um, in the vein of some people, what they think, it is what it is. All right? We want to speak for the Lord. But I'm going to break it up a little bit so that we can try to dive a little bit deeper. Now, these things that we're going to talk about begin from a starting point of knowing God, though. That, that every person in here, that if you're looking to these goals, we have to say that I'm a believer who has surrendered my life to God. Otherwise, the, these resolutions and these goals that we're going to talk about wouldn't mean much. Knowing God must be first. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus said the greatest commandments, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You can't make plans and seek God's guidance if you don't know the God that guides. And so I do want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and you're kind of just seeking things out, or maybe you thought, hey guys, we're going to start off 2021 in church. You may have never stepped foot in a church before, or you happen to be just crossing, you're, you're just checking out some different churches online today, and you're seeing what's going on. I really want to encourage you, you have to start off knowing who God is in your life. So today, make a point to talk to him. It says to give the Lord your heart, to basically say, I'm, I'm going to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to make Jesus Lord of your life. Because our best laid plans won't do anything if we don't know God. All right, but here are some things that God definitely wants you to make plans to do. You ready? Ready? Share the good news. 
Some of you guys are thinking, that sounds very familiar. Didn't we talk about that recently? Yeah, we actually talked about this just last week as we rounded out our, our Still Good News Christmas series. And we said, you know, we took all month learning what the good news of Christ is, the gospel message. And then last week, we focused on the fact that God wants us to take that good news and to share that good news with others. And since I broke down last week about the importance of sharing the gospel and our commandment to do it, I won't redo it all. Go back and listen, and I encourage you to do so. But I do want to share one story, a story from Matthew chapter 9. Jesus is going around, and he is preaching to the people, and he's healing people, and he's interacting with all these crowds. And while he is walking around with his disciples and ministering to all these people, you see this moment where Jesus' heart breaks. And it says that he looked upon the people with compassion because he realized that they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he says in Matthew 9, 37, says, then he says to his disciples after seeing these lost people, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. The disciples were already with Jesus. They're already doing the work with Jesus. And God says, look, look at all these people out here. So many people who are lost. So many people who don't know what they're about. So many people who need the hope of God. And he says, the harvest is ripe. All these people just ready. They're ready to know the answers. They're ready. And yet we don't have enough people that are out there ministering to them, telling them, sharing them. He says, pray, pray that God will raise up people, that more people will come to know the good news and that they will take that good news and they will share the good news so more people can know the good news. Pray God raises up more who are willing to go and share and reach people. I pray this year that as we look at the world and we're saying, God, what do you have for me? What things should I be doing in 2021? What things do I need to make part of my plans? Can we make a resolution? God, Break my heart when I see the lost. God, that that same apathy or complacency that maybe I've carried before, maybe I've been carrying it for years, or maybe even with that vein, I've kind of just said sometimes, it is what it is. God, may you break my heart when I see people that need to know you, when I see a world that is broken, and may that drive me to do something more, to do something about it. People are ready to be reached. Will you be one of the ones to help reach them? Make it a goal. Make that an official goal, a resolution of yours this year. And sometimes we get worried. We're like, well, I don't, I mean, Matt, you're talking about sharing the good news. Okay, I know that I'm supposed to. Uh, you're talking about, you know, all these people that need to know it. My, my heart needs to break, but I'm just, I'm not good at speaking. I'm not good sharing the gospel. I'm not, I saw another meme yesterday, made me laugh, and uh, it had a guy looking at the Mona Lisa, and he was trying to draw it, but it was like a really bad stick figure, and uh, it basically said the gospel over Mona Lisa, and his drawing was like me trying to explain to the barista at Starbucks the gospel. <laughs> and that's why we feel sometimes. We're like, well, it's terrifying trying to figure out how to share the good news or how to speak the gospel. You know, Paul, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, He's talking to people, and he's talking to them about the importance of prayer. We'll talk about that one a little bit. But he says here, at the, towards the end of Ephesians 6, he's encouraging them to pray and to pray for each other. And then he says in verse 19, And pray also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So I want to encourage you guys, pray, make a goal that you're going to have your heart broken for the loss this year, but also pray, God, when, I, when, he, when I'm stretched out there, when it's time for me to go to speak to somebody, even if it's just a word of Jesus loves you, Lord, I pray that you speak through me, that I can speak boldly and speak your word. There's a reason that when I get up here, I stop after God's word and I pray, and, and you may feel worried, why is he praying for himself? You know Why? Because I can't do this. I can't, I can't save anyone. I know that at this point. It has to be, 
the Holy Spirit. And it has to be God speaking. But guys, that also takes the burden off of us. Even Paul says, man, there's so much of the gospel that's a mystery. He used that word there, mystery. So when I'm going and my heart is broken for people who are lost, I pray, Lord, help me to speak the mystery of the gospel. Help me to know what words to say. Lord, I pray that when I open my mouth and I begin to speak, I pray that you begin to speak through me. But will we, be, will we make it a goal to go out there and reach people, to share the good news, to boldly speak the word of God and the gospel message to those who need it? Pray God leads you. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Let's share prayer, shall we? It'll be good. So make that a goal. Another goal. This one's an umbrella. We'll have some underneath it. Personal spiritual growth. That seems pretty general, right? Seems like that's, well, I put that as a goal there in my life. I want this year, I want personal spiritual growth. At the beginning of our structured series last fall, we talked about how Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 that bodily training right? That working out has some value, that we should be healthy. I hope that on your, somewhere in your resolutions for this year, you may have put, I'm going to go running, or I'm going to try to eat better. I'm going to try to take care of the body that God gave me. That is a good goal to have. But he tells Timothy, he says, but man, godliness, training yourself for godliness is even more important than our physical training. What are you doing to spiritually grow? In 2021, what have you put down? What are you saying? I want to make sure that in 2021, I'm stronger than I was in 2020. That I'm continuing to grow spiritually. The author of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, he's talking uh, to the audience and he's warning the readers. He says, you need to break past the dulled senses. He says that the spiritual has become the mundane and people often can't hear the spiritual because, and he uses this word, he says, because your hearing has become dull. And the word that he uses there is called nothros, and it means spiritually sluggish or slack. And I got to tell you, man, when I look out into our society and when I look to our culture, I see a lot of nothros going on. I see a lot of spiritual slackness. I see a lot of spiritual sluggishness. People who aren't quick to listen because their hearing has become dull. And so he is warning those who are reading this in in Hebrews chapter 5. He says, your hearing has become dull. But he goes on to say in verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. That's a hard, like, that's a hard thing to write to somebody. What's, what is the author there saying to those that, that are reading this? He's like, your children. These are adults reading this. It's like spiritually your children. You're not supposed to be but spiritually, your children. He says, you need to start taking in solid food. You need to grow into the mature men and women of God that you're supposed to be. And when I read this in Hebrews chapter 5, man, that's one of those things I'm like, man, this really is convicting to me that I've got to start taking in more and more nourishing things that are going to help me grow spiritually. I've told you guys that 2020 was the year we really saw a lot of discussion on what is good and bad and what is godly and evil. And some pretty dangerous and invasive worldviews in our culture have even infiltrated many of the churches and even infiltrated the gospel message. Yet I have never seen a year, and I'm sure it's not the first time in history, but I've never seen personally a year there was so much confusion between what was good and evil. So much confusion on what was godly and holy and what was evil. I've never seen it like I did in 2020. What are you doing to spiritually mature so that you're ready to be stronger and more discerning in 2021? Look what he said. He said, look, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. What are you doing to spiritually mature so you're ready to be stronger and more discerning in 2021? What are you doing as a parent, if you're a parent, 
to position your family for spiritual growth and strength. We should be doing everything in our power to say, I know what we're up against, and I want to be ready. There are people that have, and I don't want to be the downer. If, I'm, if, you, if I get here every week and you're like, geez, Matt, every week we come in here, we're like, just give us hope. And you're like, might get worse. I don't, I don't want to be that all the time, but guys, I do want to prepare us. There are people that have banked their entire existence on the fact that 2021 is not 2020. James goes, we don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but we know to be ready. I want to be spiritually mature enough to be able to discern whatever is thrown our way. And a couple ways that we grow spiritually, first off, is the Bible. Right? Our biggest goal is to know and share God. And I do want to be clear, the Bible isn't God. The Bible isn't the Lord himself. But it's how we know God best. It's literally God's word to us. And we can't uh, we can't overstate the importance of knowing God's word in our life. Man, as a church, we must strive to make sure that our beliefs, whether we always even like them or not, are biblical. There are things that when I'm reading the Bible sometimes that I'm convicted on, I'm like, well, Lord, I don't know if I want to believe that. And the Lord's like, I don't really care. Because there are things that stretch me. There are things that I have believed misconceptions or things that I would rather do in my life sometimes that God says that is not a part of my will. And therefore, we look to the word and we say, Lord, what is your standard? Because it's written in your unchanging word. And so we base our ideas, our, our, our understanding of life and who God is on his word collectively and individually. A lot of you guys know the verse, very famous verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So he makes this list of all the things that scripture are good for. I mean, look at that. Reproof, teaching, Correction, I need to be corrected sometimes. Training, that we can be complete. Guys, likewise, Scripture isn't just a guide or a manual, though it is that. Scripture isn't just a, a, a collection of our history as believers, though it's also that. Guys, the Bible isn't even just a, a better understanding of God and His attributes and characteristics. It's also that. But man, the Bible also is a way that you and I fight the things that we are actually experiencing. It's one of the ways that we combat the, the forces that we're seeing in our world. How did Jesus combat the devil? Literally, when the devil was tempting him in the desert, what did Jesus do? He used Scripture. I, I worry in the South, we don't, we don't know how to combat the devil sometimes. In the South, I think we'd grab a fiddle. Some of you guys, you'll have to, it'll, it'll process. You'll get the joke throughout the day. When we under, understand the darkness that we are up against, we got we to gotta put on the full armor of God, as it talks about in Ephesians 6, but part of that armor is Scripture. It's part of knowing God's Word. And so when we look to 2021 and we're saying, Lord, what are some of the things that you want for me? I'm here to tell you guys, Reading the Bible and knowing more about the Bible is not one of the things that God is going to leave in the optional category. It's that important for us to know the Bible. Read your Bible. And guys, there are so many resources and plans and ways to help you do it and help you do it better. little plug here. Uh, a lot of you guys know our, our worship pastor, Pastor Jared. Uh, he's been put together a curriculum on how to study the Bible. I've had people come to me like, well, I don't know how to read the Bible. It doesn't read like a regular book, right? Some of it's chronological and then some of it's not. And then there's nine chapters of, of lineology and, and numbers and all these things. And there's things in here I don't understand. And mine right now is upside down. And so all these things, you know, it's, it's hard to know how to study the Bible. And if you've never learned how to study the Bible or even what the Old and New Testaments are, the different versions or how you look at chapters and verses, these are all things that you must understand if you want to study the Bible better and learning how to take things into context and, and all these things. And so it's important for us. 
And so Jared actually put together a, a video series you can find on our YouTube page. But even then, he, he's trying to do a quarterly, a time that people can come together to learn how to dive into that video series. Uh, here coming up on January 17th, it's a Sunday night, we're doing another one, How to Study the Bible, over at our offices. And I want to encourage you, if this is a part of your plans for 2021, then be there. Be there. And you'll find a thousand reasons not to. Guys, this has to be a year that we stop with excuses on why we're not going to study the Bible, why we're not going to take things that are going to help us grow in God. Study the Bible. And I've seen many different ways that we can start. And you know what? I'm going to encourage you too. If this is daunting to you, I've had people that have never read the Bible before and they're like, I'm going to do one of those programs to read the Bible in a year. That's great if you want to do that. There's a thousand of those. But you know what? You don't have to do that. I actually don't generally tell people to read the Bible in a year. I say, you know what? If you're, especially if you're starting off, make a point to read the Old Testament one year or the New Testament one year or maybe to go through Paul's letters in a year or the Gospels in a year. Because you know what? Uh, it's better to read deeper than just reading more. We take in God's word. But regardless of how much you plan on this year going, I'm going to dive in this much a day or this much a week. Man, let's make a goal to get God's word into our life because that helps us with that spiritual growth we're talking about. So we talked about the Bible. Another thing we need for spirit, personal spiritual growth, God, we need prayer. Jesus talked about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. He gave us the Lord's Prayer, which is a great model. Again, I won't go through the whole thing. If you want to look to it, you can go back and look in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, you can look roughly verses 5 through 15. Jesus goes through uh, how we pray, talks about the Lord's Prayer. It's a great model for prayer. But look here, going back to James, next chapter, James chapter 5, verse 13, James says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. You know, before service started, we gathered together here with our volunteers and those that helped set up today. Thank you guys for being here and helping us set up. But we do a, a kind of uh, rally beforehand, and we go over the order of service, and we talk about, here's what we're going to talk about today, and here's things we need to focus on. And then we take some time to pray over the service. But this morning, we also took time. It's a very, honestly, it's, it's a very heavy time right now. We've had a lot of text in from people who are dealing with COVID. We've had people who have lost loved ones. We've got people in the hospital right now. We've got some very serious needs that we can't even share right now, not yet until we find out more, that, that it could be detrimental. And so this morning, we came together as the church, and we said, guys, we're going to God because we believe in a miracle-working God who can heal. And we know what the Bible says. Again, important to know what the Bible says. And so we take these needs to God. And so we prayed together, believing that God could touch the sick because we know that God is still able. And James goes into, even from here, how powerful prayer is. He says it's powerful and effective, right? We won't, don't want to discount. Sometimes I think we just think we're throwing out prayers and we're just tossing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. And God says prayers are powerful and effective, Prayer is something that is, is us communicating with God Almighty Himself. And this whole passage is a great example of the value of corporate prayer, praying together. But prayer should also be personal because it is talking to God, the Almighty. Guys, it's something we get to do. You ever think about that? You ever sometimes you go, I just didn't have time to pray today. Or we go, you know, I tried everything first. All else fails. I guess I'll pray about it. God's like, I literally set up a way that you can talk to me, the creator of all things, the all-powerful God, and we get to commune and talk with him. And guys, you see that the most powerful people in the Bible did what? They prayed. Moses talked to God personally. 
Jacob wrestled with God one-on-one. David would spend hours on his face before God. And you see that in the Psalms that David wrote. You see how that plays out and how that hashes out. Daniel found prayer so important that even when the government said, by the way, we're forbidding prayer, Daniel said, I'm sorry. You're going to have to take it up with my Lord because prayer is that important. Jesus himself prayed and then all the disciples after him made prayer a, a regular part of their daily life because Jesus told them that they were not going to be able to do anything of significance if they didn't spend time in prayer. Prayer has so much value for our lives and yet sometimes we we just keep it as a last resort. David said in Psalm 145, 18, he says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Your prayers reach the Lord. I think you need to hear that this morning. Your prayers are not just empty words that just go out there into the abyss of the great unknown. The Lord hears our prayers, and prayer enhances our relationship to God. Prayer gets things done because it seeks to give things over to a God that can do it. Prayer gives us strength and helps us guard against temptation. Jesus, Jesus said as much to his disciples when they were in the garden. They kept falling asleep. He said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Prayer guides us as the Spirit reveals things in prayer. Prayer opens the right doors. Prayer aligns our own desires with God. I know so often my desires and the things I want don't look like godly things. And the more I begin to pray and the more I take it to God, God begins to shape and mold and remake me and my own desires into the same things that He wants. That happens through prayer. Prayer brings peace when we need peace. And guys, talking to Jesus helps us be more like Jesus. As we look at 2021 and we're setting things in our life for more personal spiritual growth, guys, do not bypass prayer. It's that important that you are spending time with the Lord. Personal spiritual growth goals. We got Bible, we've got prayer, we've got the church. Oh boy. Now there are lots of verses we could use to discuss church attendance and the value of both participating and being the church. But we're going to look real quick to 1 Peter chapter 2. It's going to start off sounding a little similar to what we read in Hebrews earlier. But he says here in verse 1, he says, So put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, he sounds like he's starting from a little further back. He's like, look, if it's milk that you crave, go crave the milk. But he has the same point here is that we need to be growing, that we need to be maturing as believers. So let's get mature. Look what he says in verse four. As you come to him, a living stone, who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I love this. You may not realize this. This is Peter's picture of the church. He's drawing a picture of the church. You know, we're going to talk uh, here, hopefully in a couple of weeks, if our, if our uh, uh, plans are done and, and we get some builders talking about it, but we're going to talk about uh, our building. A lot of you guys have seen the stuff hanging up over here on my right. Uh, it's the, uh, the renderings and the plans. And I hope that you've enjoyed looking at them because it looks nothing like that now. So <laughs> best laid plans, right? It is what it is. And so uh, it's a little bit different. But here's the thing. Don't be fooled. I'm excited for the building, but, but that's not the church. That's a building. That's a building for the church to do church in. It's a home I'm excited about. I hope that God blesses it. But the rocks and the stonework and the metal that goes into that building is not the church. But the church is built by stones. And Peter says, we're those stones. We're the stones that make up the church building, that make up the church coming together, built up as a spiritual house. And it's not just attending church, though, honestly, at this point, I'm almost grateful just to see that. 
Again, pointing back to the fact we have those studies that came out this last year that said like a third of the people that were attending church didn't attend at all after COVID hit in 2020. And even talking to the people in here and I'm like, hey man, we really miss you. I'm glad you're here you know, today or I see you out at the store and I've had people tell me, they're like, yeah, I just can't be there. And I'm like, well, that's why we also offer online. And like, yeah, I'm not watching online either. And I just want to have table and say, look, I got to encourage you right now. This is too important for us to just write off as being optional. Peter says that we make up the church together. It's unfortunate that some people have dropped off. It really is. It's unfortunate that some people, uh, you know, can't be here with us. But uh, again, for you watching at home online, I'm glad we get to do this. And for now, this works. I long for the day that we can all be back here together in person. But it's too important for us to be a part of the church. It's unfortunate that some have dropped off because the church is a part of your spiritual growth. Look in Colossians chapter 3 real quick. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. Who's it, what's it talking about? The church, the body of Christ, which Jesus is the head, but we are the church. And be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. What do you see there? He's like, he's talking about teaching, correction, encouraging, singing together. All those are important parts of being the church together, of being part of the body of Christ. And I've heard so many people say, you don't need church to be saved. They say it just like that, too. <laughs> you don't need a pastor to find Jesus. You know what? Those things are true. I would never want your relationship with God to be based solely on any church or denomination, and I certainly would never want your salvation dependent upon a pastor or preacher. Lord knows I would not want to bear that burden. 2020 had a lot of pitfalls. Unfortunately, some of those uh, were seeing many churches collapse under the weight of covid or one thing we saw a lot of, uh, unfortunately, is pastors and theologians, some of which, some of whom I revered, some of whom I really looked up to. Pastors and theologians, uh, we found out they were less than what they seemed publicly. Struggled or fell. You know, both of those situations would be detrimental to someone who had their faith pointed at an institution or a person rather than focused on God. So the last thing I would want you to do is put your faith completely on a church or on a person. And of course, the problem of sin is not new. Even profound men and women of God have struggled with sin since the beginning. The problem is often that we have become too spiritual lazy not to have our salvation dependent upon someone else. Sluggish, as we talked earlier. So it's important that we don't put our complete faith and hope and salvation upon a church or a pastor. Yes, your own salvation and walk with God is important. You need to own it because churches and people will fail you and you still need God when they do. I will fail you and you still need God when I do. But I would also say that you need the church to do a couple of things. First off, you need the church to be obedient to God and to his word. We're told to meet together. There is not a place in the Bible where it says that it's optional for the church to bow out and for the people of God to say, I don't want to be a part of the church. I don't want to be a part of them. I don't want to do anything. I don't want anything to do with the family of God. I'm a, I'm a lone wolf. I'm going to do it by myself. Man, half of Paul's writings dealt not only with holy living, but Paul would outline, hey guys, when we come together as the church, here's how we do the church. Here's how we order things. Here's how we set up different parts of the church. And he deals with the institution and how the institution of the church runs. And so when people tell me that going to church is not biblical, I'll take them and say, what Bible are you talking about? Because the Bible talks about doing church together. And we're told to meet together, to assemble together as God's church. But I also realize that because I told you to is also not the, a real inspiring reason. So another reason you need to go to church is because there you can grow well and be supported. I mean, I believe that the church, with all its faults 
and struggles and issues and, and humanity issues is still the best place to find help, to grow, to be encouraged, to raise a family, and to stand together against the onslaught of the world. I believe that or I wouldn't be doing this. The church is the best place for you to come and for us to come together to sharpen each other, to be together, to lift each other up, to give grace when we mess up and fall, because we will, but also to look to the Word together and say, how do we walk through this? And some of you guys, you have seen, I told you guys, we're getting blasted, man. My phone is going crazy right now. It has been for, for the last four days with people who are hurting or struggling or need help. And I can look at that and lament it and go, oh, this is rough. There's so much going on. Or I can go, I am so glad. Because some of them, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm a part of text threads. I don't even, they're not even reaching out to me. They're reaching out to others in the church. And I've had, I've just watched it. I've watched the church in action. I've, people going, I'm bringing you meals. I'm praying for you. I'm calling people right now. I'm on it. We need the church. We need the church. But again, it's not just attending the church. It's being the church. Come to church. Also, I want to encourage you, serve. Take ownership. Guys, this is your church. Now, if you're here and you're checking things out or you go, I, I'm still trying to figure out, awesome. If you make this your church home, own it. This is rock piles, not where you land. Fantastic. Find a Jesus-loving, Bible-believing church. But when you get there, own it. Say, this is my church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to be a part of the body of Christ. I'm going to find out the needs that God has for me. I'm going to find out what he wants me to do. I'm going to use the gifts that God has enabled me to use. And I'm going to be a part of the church. Take ownership. Be the church when you leave the building. Church happens in those texts between our Monday night ladies group like it happens here. Get involved. God designed and built the church. And even though we have seen some pastors that fall and some churches struggle, the church isn't going anywhere, by the way. You ever have people, some people tell me, it doesn't seem like the right time to get involved in church because I think the church is dead. I think the church is pretty much over. Have you seen the numbers lately? It's scary, right? They're talking about churches closing their doors. And, you know, back 20 years ago, 38% of people counted themselves evangelicals. Now it's 3.5%. I just made those up. I don't know if that's real or not, but <laughs> it's something like that. I mean, we're seeing all these reports that say, the church is on its last leg. But guys, the church isn't dead because the people in the church aren't dead yet. Tom, Mark Twain, a newspaper accidentally reported Mark Twain's death in an obituary. And Mark Twain is quoted as saying, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> Jesus said that hell could not prevail over the church. Gates of Hades could not prevail over the church. Jesus said that the church is built with overcomers and that it's his church and it's his job to grow the church, which, guys, we're a part of. We're not dead. God has big plans for the church. God has great plans for his church. So, guys, what will you do with these goals? Did they seem basic? Yep. And it's so important that we talk about them. Because I could have told you, you could have told me if I asked you, what does God want for you 2020? You're like, he, he wants me to share the good news, read the Bible, pray, and go to church. You could have you repeated that back to me. You already probably know the answer. But guys, it's time we stop just, just mentioning it and say, Lord, I'm going to do everything in my power to spiritually grow this year. And when 2021 throws good things at us, we'll be ready. And when 2021 doesn't, we'll be ready. I don't even want to say it, but it could happen. We'll be ready because we're where God wants us. What will you do with these goals? Will you make sharing the good news, reading the Bible, prayer, and being part of the church a part of you and your family's life in 2021? If you were spotty in attendance this year, don't be spotty. Or last year, don't be spotty this year. If your Bible is in a home right now and you have to go like this when you get home, then go for it. Dust that bad boy off. I promise you, it's still going to read good today. Right? It didn't go bad. It didn't spoil. Get it out. Dive into God's word. If it's been a long time since you've spoken to God, I promise you God's not going to give you the cold shoulder when you come back to him. 
and go, what, you've ignored me for a year? And now this? Make it a part of, of your goals for 2021. Your spirit to grow your spirit, grow spiritually. Of course, you've already started. You're here or watching and listening. So we got one down. You got one Sunday down. We're doing good. We're doing good. It's a good place, it's a good way to start. What about tomorrow? What about the day after that? What about next Sunday? What about March? Whatever happens this year, will we make this a part of who we are? Make a commitment to grow and see what happens. A couple of things to help you out in that. I mentioned Jonathan Edwards' 70 resolutions. Uh, we actually posted those on our website for you. If, you, if that would help you out, we posted on there the 70 resolutions. It is, uh, like I said, it's a little bit more modernized language for you. But if you go to rockpilechurch.com and click under the About tab, you'll see it says 70 resolutions. And I would encourage you, I don't want it to replace Bible reading, right? Jonathan Edwards is not the Lord. But some of you guys say, you know what? It might help me to read those, some of those resolutions, make some of, adopt some of those same resolutions. You can actually look at that app as well. And if you click on the other tab, it'll take you right to that website on the app. And you can look at those 70 resolutions. We want to do stuff that's going to help you in your spiritual growth this year. But ultimately, it's going to be about what you choose to do from here on out. Will you own your faith? Will you own your spiritual growth? Will you make the goals of sharing the gospel and growing in God a part of who you are in 2021? And we're going to talk about this more next week. We're going to flesh out a little bit more. But this is an important place for us to start. Let's pray. God, we worship you. God, I pray that, that this year we hit some of those goals. God, that we lose weight if we want to lose weight to be healthier, not because we have a bad image. If it's just a bad self-image, then Lord, I pray that instead you will help us to have a better image of who we are in you. But Lord, if we're trying to be healthier, help us to be healthier. If we're trying to spend more time getting education and, and uh, doing different things that can help us in different ways or, or uh, maybe it's financial stuff. Lord, all those different resolutions we've made, I pray that you will help us to do them better, especially if they're from you, God, and they're in your will. And Lord, when we hit those resolutions, or if we miss those resolutions, like I'm pretty sure I did this morning in preaching under an hour, God, I pray that we'll just keep going. But Lord, ultimately, may we recognize that there are things that are non-negotiables. As, be as believers in Christ, there are things that you have for us that we really don't have to seek in prayer. Uh, we don't have to ask you if we need to make these a part of our 2021 resolutions. God, you've told us it's important that we're a part of the harvest, that we reach people for Christ, that it's important that we get your word into our lives and allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us through it so that we can be changed and more like the men and women of God that you want us to be, that it's important that we spend time in prayer just like we are right now, communing with a holy God God, it's important. God, it's important that we're a part of the body of Christ, that we're serving in different ways, God, that we're sharpening others that you have put in our circle of influence and that we are being sharpened. It's important. And these are non-negotiables that you have given us as believers. So Lord, I pray that you will help us not only to make these goals, but to find ways to, to live them out. Lord, if we need to prioritize our time, help us to do it. If there are things that we have put in front of these things, we have made them more important, then I pray today, God, strip them away. They may be things we love. Strip them away. They're not more valuable. God, we don't know what 2021 holds but we know it's by following these things that we'll be more prepared for whatever happens in 2021. And we're excited. We're excited for 2021 because we know there are still blessings. God, that you're still on the move, that we're gonna see, uh, they're gonna see the harvest. We're gonna see the harvest, God. We're gonna see people come to know you, some for the first time as their eyes are opened up. Will you take a moment just on your own, whether you're here with us, whether you're watching online, whether you're listening later, take a moment. And just ask God to speak to you about some of these goals. What do you need to prioritize this year? What do you need to work on this year?
Take a moment. God, raise us up to the men and women of God you want us to be, to be the church that you want us to be. We're not perfect. We've got struggles. We've got our own pitfalls. And Lord, even if it's just moving to the next step, if it's just reading more, it's praying more, attending more, serving more, whatever that next step looks like, Lord. May we be faithful enough and bold enough to take that next step, to be obedient to what you've asked for us in 2021. God, I pray for parents in here, or parents watching. Lord, I, again, sometimes it's overwhelming to see what we're up against in society, God. Raising a family is not easy in today's day and age. And again, it's probably been that way for years and, and many times throughout history. But Lord, we as parents need to know how to position our family in a place that our kids can grow, they can know you, and they can be developed. That our family can honor you. God, I pray that you'll give parents wisdom in knowing, God, how to set these goals for others that, that may not be able to set these goals for themselves. How do we encourage these practices and disciplines that are going to help us in our walk with you. But God, for each and every one of us, parents, not parents, married, unmarried, you have plans for each of us. And we may not always see the full scope of those plans. But regardless, Lord, help us to walk in you and to be obedient to your leading. We praise you and we worship you. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's go back in the time of worship.